Welcome to the KBB From the Tab podcast. I'm Managing Editor Leslie Claggett, and this week I'm happy to talk with Rebecca Hay, CEO of Rebecca Hay Designs in Toronto. In addition to running her design studio, she's also a business coach, helping interior designers achieve entrepreneurial freedom by optimizing their time, money, and creativity without sacrificing the things that matter most in life. Rebecca believes in collaboration over competition, and that with the right tools and authentic marketing, any designer can be successful. Be sure to subscribe to KBB's YouTube channel and click the like button on our videos. You can also subscribe to KBB's From the Tap podcast on such apps as Apple, Spotify, Pandora, and Google Podcasts, and please feel free to leave a review. Today, we're going to discuss how designers can fast track their business goals. Welcome, Rebecca, and thank you very much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Leslie. I'm excited to be here today. Let's jump right in. You have an interesting take on the practice of design. What exactly do you mean by collaboration over competition? Thank you for asking that. I love when people ask that because I think it's something that um, has been unfortunately rather scarce in our industry over the last many decades in that there's a sense or there has been historically a sense of holding things to yourself, not wanting to share design professionals, not wanting to share their vendors, their resources, because, well, if I share it with them, you know, maybe they'll get too busy for me, or that's, that's what makes me so special. And if somebody else uses my, let's say, custom manufacturer, then they might get my clients. So it's a bit of a scarcity mentality. And what I've seen in my decade plus working in the industry from working for other design firms working on my own is that there's so much power in working and sharing resources together. And so I when I say collaboration I don't mean necessarily let's let's join forces and design and work on this project together. I mean that is a type of collaboration. I mean we're not each other's competition. We all offer something unique valuable and our clientele are all unique and they are drawing. We'll talk about this a little bit later in the podcast when it comes to marketing your authentic self, but it's this idea that you are going to attract the right people for you and we can only be stronger. And I get really goosebumpy and emotional about this as women, especially as women, when we join forces and we share and we share information, and we help each other. So for me, it's a little hashtag I started using when I did my first sort of designer get-together in Toronto. We did this thing called Designer Meetups back in 2019. I think it was, yeah, 2019, right before the pandemic. And it was kind of like hashtag collaboration over competition, because I really wanted to bring designers together. And so that's really what lights me up. And I see other designers in my community thriving when they're there to support each other. So that's truly what I mean by that. And I also have a podcast like you called Resilient by Design. And in addition to business tips and advice, it really is about bringing the community together and sharing knowledge. So on my podcast, similar to yours, I bring in experts and they share their knowledge. And I do believe that the more we can really share what's really going on, the better we will all be. I don't know if you see that, Leslie, in the designers you talk to or work with. I hope so. But that's sort of my ethos. Well, um, I appreciate your sharing that that, uh, insight. Um, 
obviously we have to get inside people's heads for this. So what role does mindset play in the success of a design business? Mindset is everything. It's it's one of those things that when I started my business, like many designers, I just wanted to be creative, right? I, I had a craft, I had a passion, and I just wanted to prove myself. And if anyone listening is early on in their career, career you can really relate. Even if you're further on in your career, you remember those early days, right? Of in any career, you just want to prove that you can do it. And so when you're a designer or a creative, you, you get very passionate about the finishes, especially like imagine you're designing a kitchen, right? You, you want to like make sure that you can show people that you can pick the right counter and the right, you can mix metals in the right way and it's functional and the layout's amazing and the lighting is on par or on point, sorry. And so you, and you want your clients to rave about it. You want the world to know, you want to get published in magazines, But then you very quickly start to see that running a business is so much more than being good at your craft. Running any business is so much more than the art itself. And then as you get a few years into your business, you start to sometimes hit stumbling blocks, right? Challenges. Oh, shoot, I got to hire. That's a whole other world. And I need to understand the numbers, the books. Am Am I profitable? What does it mean, a cost of goods? What is profit margin anyways. There's so much more to running a business. And so what I've seen happen, and it's definitely happened for me, is that your mind plays tricks on you. Your mind starts to make you think that you aren't good at what you're doing because you don't, you're you're struggling. Or maybe you, maybe like for me in the early years, and I'm a very open book and I talk about it all the time, I was in the red. Like I owed back taxes to what we here in Canada call the CRA, the Canada Revenue Agency. I was robbing Peter to pay Paul because I wasn't looking at the numbers. I didn't want to look at the numbers. And so, or or even just getting on um, Instagram, putting your face out there and marketing yourself. So much of how we believe we are as humans starts to affect us. And I'm going to come back to the female thing. And I hate generalizing, but it's all of the designers except one in my community of students are women. So it is what I see. We tend to not value our worth enough. We do such beautiful work. And it's about recognizing that. And I get emotional when I talk about mindset because mindset is believing you can do it, knowing and understanding that you may not have the tools right now, but you can learn or you can find someone to support you in that journey. I mean, I worked uh, with a mindset coach myself for a couple of years because it was very powerful to remind me that I am stronger than the thoughts that I tell myself. And sometimes the thoughts we tell ourselves are not true. We think that it's fact that when I walk out of the house, I look frumpy in my jeans right? But it's not. It's all my own perception. So mindset when it comes to business, I think is everything. And it's a lot to do with confidence as well. The more tools you get under your belt, the more experience, obviously, the more confidence you have. And so your mind is a little bit easier to to manage and control. But I, I really do believe that mindset is everything and an understanding that you can be the person you want to be. And if you stop comparing yourself to everybody else, you'll see and have the most success, more success than you could ever dream of. It it sounds like that you're identifying a relationship between um, an individual's personal evolution 
and the way they run their business, how their personal evolution might fuel their business revolution. Is that correct? Absolutely. I mean, that is something also that when you go and you start your interior design or your decorating or staging business, you're not really thinking about all of that. You're not thinking personal development or I need to have the right mindset. You're just thinking, I want to make it beautiful. Which fabric for the, for the stools, which material for the counters? Should I do a shaker style cabinet door or should we do something different? That is really what you're focused on. But as you start to see, okay, yeah, I got this. I can design. You, you need the business, but then the business evolution or the business growth, I guess, if you want to call it another thing, is tied to you because you are the business owner. You drive it. We are not talking about businesses that have VCs that are bringing in millions of dollars and looking to grow. We are talking about mostly women-owned solo entrepreneurs that will hold themselves back from growth and success because they don't believe it's possible. So absolutely, Leslie, it is that mindset. And the and in order to shift your mindset, you need to focus on your own personal growth in order to grow as a business. Because you might be holding yourself back in ways that you don't know. Do you have a process in your business? If you don't have a process, why? Is it because you think that you need to please everyone and clients won't bend to your way? you need to do it their way, well, that might actually be hindering your growth as a business. So, so much of mindset and like this, we don't have enough time to dive into the whole thing, but I really feel very strongly about investing in your own personal growth as a business owner to fuel that business, um, especially in the economy that we're going to see in the next little while. Right, right. Staying away from cryptocurrency, of course. Uh, I don't know anything about that. (laughs) Its own problem. Nobody knows anything about it. Um, All I know is I'm glad I didn't invest in it. I think because it doesn't (laughs) sound like it's doing well. I'm going to keep. I'm going to stay to what I stick to what I know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here we are in a new year, and it is time for resolutions. Um, Can you talk about the process and purpose of setting goals for 2023? Setting goals. Okay. So setting goals is a really fun thing to do. I believe I love goal setting, especially at the beginning of a new year, because that's when it feels like there's so much possibility, right? Like there's so much possibility. You could do anything. You could take on the world. Um, But I also believe sometimes we can get carried away and think we can do everything. And that's when we end up not doing really any of it. Uh, so I would love to talk a little bit about goal setting. I think I'm glad you asked that because I think that now more than ever, we need to get super clear on where we want to go. So let me sort of walk you through my process. So I talk a lot about goal setting typically at the end of the year on my podcast, I always share how I do it. And every year it's a little bit different because every year is a little bit different. Um, but The first place that I always say to start, and I actually, it's funny, I have this exercise, this is like vision casting exercise that maybe we could do here for a second, just to get a little teaser into it, that sort of I do inside 
my, I have a course called Power of Process, and that's for designers to establish a repeatable systems and process in their business, um, which is a business course. But like I just said, it's so important that you also are in touch with your personal goals and needs and wants. So I do this exercise with all my students um, because I think that you need to know what you want. And quite surprisingly, Leslie, like when we do this exercise with my students, a lot of the designers actually struggle with it. And I think it's because we're so busy running the day-to-day, right? We've got like these to-do lists in front of us that just seem endless. And then, oh yeah, we checked it off. Yes, I feel good. And we kind of want things in the future, but we just don't even take the time to stop and pause and think about, you know, what is that going to look like? Like, what what do I really want? And so I think that's the first place to start. Um So the vision exercise, basically, if you are listening and you're not driving, (laughs) then you should close your eyes (laughs) because I think it's so important to close your eyes and truly picture what, forget about your company for a second and just picture your future. Like, where do you see yourself in 10 years from today? Are you retired? Are you sitting on a beach somewhere with your family? Maybe you're hustling and you've got a team of 20 and you're in meetings and you're thriving and you're bouncing around. Maybe you're on an airplane, you're flying to speak at KBiz or High Point. Maybe you're at a summer cottage with your kids. Maybe you're having your first baby. I don't know. Depending on where you are in life, it'll look very different. And then I just encourage everyone to really just be in that moment. You know, what is your body like? Uh, what, What type of clothes are you wearing? Who are your friends? Are you are you working, you know, nine to five every single day? Like 10 years from now, so much can happen in 10 years. What? And if 10 years feels too far, go with five. But anything closer than five is not enough time, I don't think, to like, I want you to envision the future. And when you get a clear feeling and picture, and you, you're in this like in situ, like you can experience. I know when I did this exercise for the first time, it was me, don't judge me, I'm going to share it. I was like stepping out of a float plane on the lake where my family cottage was. And it was summer and I was just coming back from a speaking engagement and I was coming to spend the summer with my family. And even now just retelling that gives me goosebumps. And so the idea behind doing a vision casting exercise, and I know I'm going a little woo-woo on you for this podcast, but bear with me, is that if you don't get excited about your future and what's ahead for you, how are you going to set and conquer goals? And so I really do believe that the first step in any goal setting is taking a pause. You can create a vision board. You can do you know, a Pinterest board. But if you don't take a moment to really use your imagination, and some designers will struggle with this. Because they'll continually catch themselves back into reality. Oh, well, that's not possible. How am I going to get out of a float plane? And like, I can't afford a cottage. My dad already sold the cottage. What's Where am I going to be? Like, don't judge yourself. Don't try and figure out how you're going to get there. That's the first step is just feeling and envisioning and knowing what you want. So many of us don't know what we want. True. And then you can, t- and then from there, you can step it back and you need to, then think, okay, well, if that's where I want to be in 10 years, what is one thing I can do this year that's going to get me closer 
to that goal. And a great book, I'm going to make a book recommendation for all your listeners, is The One Thing. Have you read it, Leslie? I have not. Oh, it's so good. I'm reading it for the third, well, reading, air quotes for reading. I'm listening on Audible. (laughs) It's called The One Thing. It's by Gary Keller. It's been around for a while. And it is such a powerful lesson in teaching us how to turn out, turn off the outside noise. Just focus in on the thing that is going to move the needle. And so as we move into a new year with a potentially weakening economy and, and it, you know, it's affecting everyone, it's going to affect us. I think we'd be living under a rock if you pretend like, I'm going to be fine, it's not going to touch me, um, is, is really getting clear on what is that one thing that you can do that if you do this, everything else will become unnecessary. And that is, I learned that from the book. I'm giving him credit for that because I think it's very powerful. And then once you kind of get a sense, then you can look at breaking it down into actionable steps by quarter. And I like to break things down because if you don't break it down, it's probably not going to happen. It feels overwhelming. Totally. Yeah. And it's just an idea. It's just a dream, right? Like, I think it was Rachel Hollis who said, a goal is a dream with its work boots on. (laughs) like a goal is something you're actually actively setting out to achieve, whether it's financial, whether it's, you want to be featured in a magazine, whether it's, you want to hire uh, an assistant, whatever your goal might be to help get you to that future version of your life. Um, Can I tell you a story of one of this one designer? I think it might help break it down to give everyone an example. It would do so. Okay. So there's this beautiful designer from Connecticut. Uh, She doesn't know I'm talking about her. So Hopefully she's okay with this. Her name is Jocelyn, August Olive Interiors. She is lovely human. And she took my course, I think, over a year ago. And, and, you know, I don't know what her exact goal was, but I know that she came to a realization that she needed to make more money. How many of us want to make more money in our business? I mean, everybody, right? Why not? We can have that freedom. So she wanted to make more money. And and throughout going through through the course through power of process she realized that oh boy okay what if i want to make more money what can i do like what is the one thing i can do and of course with my preaching cuz i tend to preach on a few things to designers one of them is don't share your discounts <laughs> i know some people don't don't aren't aligned with that but that's my personal belief um and so we said like, don't share your discounts. And she had an aha moment. And she came back to one of our calls. We do these like live zoom calls. And she was like, I did the math on how much money I left on the table last year by not, by sharing my discounts with clients. And it was upwards of $30,000, I think. And she said, wow, that one thing if you just change that one thing in your business, and now she absolutely does not share her discounts. I don't know. I'm sure she's doing very well. But if you just change that one thing, imagine the difference it would make. You know, another example could be someone who doesn't charge for an initial consultation. Or maybe you're not charging enough. Start charging. That's one step that you could do. And if you can break those steps into quarters, so they're more bite size. You can break them down further. I know there's a lot of people who are like super A-type and they want to get their Asana out and they want to task themselves and do it all. But at the very least, if you break down a goal, but if you want to make financial, I don't know what it would be. If it's a financial goal, is that one step? In the first quarter, I stopped sharing my discounts. 
In the second quarter, I charge my consultations. Third, for whatever it is for you. So I think that first you need to understand what it is that you want. And it may not be financial. That was just one example. It could be that you want to hire. Okay. Why do you want to hire? Because that'll alleviate some time so I can spend it with my family. Then I don't have to do the bookkeeping anymore. Whatever your reasoning is. And then you can break it down by quarter to help you get there. The biggest mistake we make is trying to set too many goals. I've been there, definitely been there. But the times where I focus in on fewer things are when I get the most results. It's that, I don't know who said it and I'm quoting someone probably, but it's this idea of like, you simplify to amplify. I like that. Powerful, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I went on a tangent with there, but I feel so clearly, I feel very strongly about it. And I also think that for designers listening, you know, this time of year is, it's a time where we really start thinking, okay, what's ahead, right? Sure. And you could do it at any time during the year, obviously, but it's like a new year's resolution. I'm going to yeah. set some goals. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> You're like, wow, Rebecca, that's a lot of goal setting talk. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you've you've touched on some uh, quick and effective ways that designers can raise the level of their business and their life. Now, finally, could you talk about what you mean by an authentic marketing approach? What, What does it mean and why is it important? Yeah, I think authenticity has become a bit of a buzzword. Um, where people use it all the time, but there's a re- I always say, sure, it's a buzzword, but it's a buzzword for a reason. It is something that we're craving. We're craving authenticity. We're craving, I mean, if you're, if you're looking at this, this is very authentic if you're on YouTube, because I'm in my son's bedroom with all his Lego creations behind me. Not very my perfect- authentic. <laughs> <laughs> I do have an office. I do usually have a pretty backdrop. There's just sometimes life throws you a curveball. But um, I, but I will say that authenticity is being true to who you are and using that to your advantage in business. I grew my own interior design business from scratch to be a seven-figure design business truly through being myself. And I can say that I used to show up on Instagram and I would do stories and I wouldn't have makeup and I would be complaining about motherhood because I had babies at the time. And it was just who I was and who I am is I'm just a transparent. I just like to share. I like to connect. So I connect by sharing my struggles or my wins or whatever it might be. And so people connected with me. But I can tell you, you will sometimes meet resistance when you are just trying to be yourself. And I think so many of us, I think as humans and as animals on this planet, there is a psychology behind wanting to fit in, wanting to be like everybody else. We don't want to, most of us don't really want to stand out that much. We want to be successful, but we don't want to be the one that's really different. There's very few people that really embrace that. And so in some ways, I think it goes against our nature to put everything out there and be totally who we are. And so it it can feel a little bit scary. Uh, And I'm not saying everyone needs to go on Instagram stories and share that they had a sleepless night with their newborn, but whatever it is for you. And and I always suggest to designers, find what differentiates you. What is it that makes you different? What makes you stand out? Yes, you can make a beautiful space. That's basically taken for granted. That's assumed. When a client is looking for a designer, they're assuming you're going to make it amazing. 
we as designers have it in our heads that we need to be a better designer than the other person. We need to be better than that person. I can tell you the majority of, let's say, uh, what do you call it when, when you're uh, when you're not in the army, you're a uh, civilian, right? So if the civilians who aren't designers, they're just drawn to you. Yes, because you can design and maybe it's in a style that they like. But more often than not, they're drawn to you for what makes you unique. And so it might be me sharing organically on Instagram, but it also might be the fact that one of my pillars is sustainability. And in my company, we care very deeply about sustainable choices. Another pillar in my business that differentiates us is that we have a seven-step process that we follow regardless of size of project or type of project. It could be a bathroom run out or a new build. We always follow seven steps. So these are the things that start to attract our clients to us. They say, I like this. And people say to us all the time, you know, I interviewed a few designers. None of them had a process. Or I interviewed a few designers and they just didn't get me because they don't have kids. Whatever it is that's about you and your life, and that's about being authentic and putting it out into your marketing, whether it's in your newsletter, sharing a little bit about your life, or if it's not your personal life, it's what makes your company different. I can tell you too, you might meet resistance if you are not someone who naturally wants to stand out. When I first started doing Instagram stories, there were people in my life that literally came to me, and I will not say who they are, but there were at least two or three people Whose, whose opinion I value too, I will say, said to me, what are you doing on Instagram? Why are you doing that? Nobody wants to hear that. That hurt. And when I heard that, I, 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 I receded a little bit and I stopped sharing. And I just was like trying to be like everybody else, post that picture, you know, do the thing. But then I noticed I wasn't, people weren't as engaged. And so a lot of it also comes back to mindset, like circling back to the beginning, but recognizing that who you are is unique and different and that can serve you really well in your business if you let it. And I feel very strongly about that. I mean, I don't know any successful designer in this world who isn't known for something specific, right? Right, right. Yeah. Well, Rebecca, this has been a great way to kick off the new year. It's been <laughs> soul-searching <laughs> and uplifting at the same time. Good. Oh, that makes me very happy to hear, Leslie. That's always my goal. I think we can all do with a little bit more inspiration in our lives. Thank you very much, Rebecca Hay, for joining us today on KBB's From the Tap. Thank you so much for having me, Leslie.